0: Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Emily. And I'm Paige.
1: And I'm the motorcycle who did nothing wrong. And I'm a wildfire raging uncontrollably through the Forks wilderness. And you're listening to Tuesdays After Twilight.
0: What's good this week?
1: Uh, my roommate and I did a a leg workout yesterday before that, we did a all, like a full body just cardio workout the day before. And then before that, I probably haven't exercised in like eight months. So I am feeling it. My legs hurt so bad. Also, I like evaluated how I was doing squats. And I think I've been doing them wrong this whole time. So I started doing them a little more right. And my buttock hurts.
0: Yeah, dude. The problem is that almost everyone is doing squats wrong. I was doing squats wrong my entire life, so I literally had to, like, relearn how to do them and it was rough. But I'm proud of you for doing that. Sounds rad.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I already have the fattest of asses, but why not make it, like, muscular fat?
0: Yeah. I can cosign on that. She does have a fat ass. Um... In terms of me i f- I woke up about twenty minutes ago, but I feel like I woke up about twenty seconds ago, so that's where I'm
1: at so we're gonna we're gonna zoom right through this so Emily can just right get right back to her snooze. Oh, he's so nice, but no
0: sometimes i'm like i I'm doing too much in my life in general. <laughs>
1: I feel actually quite the opposite. Sometimes I feel like I'm like, what am I doing? Nothing. But I have a new thing that I've been hyper fixating on that I really want to do. And I think it might be a little ambitious or a little too out of my comfort zone, but I'm like obsessing over it and I want to try it. But I know I'm going to be like obsessed about it for two weeks and then I'm not going to think about it again for the rest of my life. But you know, those things where it's like, Someone's bookcase, and then they have a little empty spot that they make a little diorama of something that looks like a little like land or a little like world in their bookcase. Yeah. I want to do that.
0: Okay. Well, I feel like you could probably finish it in two weeks. So maybe just rush through it so that you don't get bored before you finish it, and then you're good.
1: I'm just trying to figure out what I want to make though. Like the, I saw a TikTok about it and it just, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And it was a girl making a, just like a Spanish diner with like, like outside on the patio with like umbrellas and stuff. And it just, it, it captivated me. I can't get it out of my head.
0: Yeah. When you first said it and I was picturing like you doing it in your room, it was dinosaurs because you're like a dinosaur girl.
1: Jurassic Park themed. <gasps> Emily, you unlocked it. I was trying to figure out a book to do, and I'm actually, well, I started reading, reading Jurassic Park while I was waiting at the mechanic. I haven't picked it up since, but I've also been in school, and it's really hard for me to read recreationally when I'm in school. But the girlies who know, know, you know what summer means for Paige going to the library and reading a bunch. So it could be that time.
0: Hell yeah. How much school do you have left?
1: So technically, it's kind of weird. I'm like done with my classes that are like homework is due on Wednesday, but I'm not done with school. I have this, this summer left and there's two quote unquote classes or courses that you have to enroll in. And one of them is an internship, which I'm doing at the funeral home that I work at. Like, even if I wasn't doing that, it would be at a funeral home. You, you don't do your internship, you know, like as a class. And then the other is the, it's like a board exam prep class and it's like one credit. So my guess is that we're going to show up or it's going to be online and they're just going to give us practice tests to take. So I have two classes that I'm enrolled in, but I'm not really doing works. The, The majority of work I'll be doing is studying for the board exam. And when do you take that? Whenever. I could take it now if I wanted to. It's you just go to a testing center and take it.
0: Do you have to pay to do it? Yeah. Bastards.
1: I'm hoping maybe fingers crossed the funeral home I work at will pay for it, but we'll see.
0: They should. No tino no shade, but they should.
1: It, it's an investment for them.
0: They literally
1: hired you. It's like, um, recommendations corner, what do you got? Um, will you go first while I think of one?
0: Yes. This is very hip girl of me, but Claw Clips are having a moment on TikTok and they were right. The girlies were right. I bought a couple at Target, um, maybe a month back, me and boyfriend of the pod, Jacob had a meltdown trying to do my hair together with one for Passover. But since then I've gotten pretty good at it and they are the moment. They are the move. They are iconic. My hair looks like absolute dog shit underneath this claw clip right now, but you would never know because it looks sleek. I look very like chic. I'm, I'm killing it. I feel like they can be very, very professional. Yeah. I've been wearing them to work and I feel like people are like, "Hmm, that's nice.
1: So I'm going to recommend homemade candles. Friend of the pod, Caroline made me a candle and it is amazing Here it is. The scent is called The World is a Goddamn Bemster Fire, and the smell is lavender and clove soy wax candle. I guess soy wax candle, you don't need to know. But it smells really good. It's lasted me like weeks and weeks, and I still have like half of it to go. If you want to try candle making, freaking do it because I love the outcome. The outcome is amazing.
0: Yeah. Caroline snaps with her candles, they smell really fucking good.
1: Thank you again, Caroline. You are a queen amongst peasants.
0: <laughs> so true. Okay, not to get too down to business, but uh, what do you think of chapters 25 and 26 of Eclipse? We are nearing the end, my friend.
1: So Mirror, I think I was right a little bit in my prediction that it wasn't going to be a literal Mirror, but it kind of was in a way. Um, but Mirror was really interesting. It was kind of like a fun little twist. Also, by the way, my neighbor's dog is barking, so if anyone hears any barking, I'm so sorry. I have no control over this dog.
0: We've been trying to wait for it to stop, and it it
1: won't, so here we are. It, it refuses to. Okay. Um. So this whole, like, breathing just kind of popped out of nowhere, and one, shows, like, the dynamic of the Volturi and Carlisle very interestingly. It also shows just how um, how the Volturi um, they're just ready to murder they are ready to throw down and they have no qualms about it also Jane is so scary and she's little but like evil and also just like I didn't quite understand what was going like why Bree was even there until Bella pointed out the whole mirror thing and I was like I see now I like to me in the very beginning it seemed a little like force. I'm like why is I don't understand why this is here but then Bella brought that up and I was like that's a really good point you would be a little crazed I feel like if if the Collins weren't there and Bella got turned into a vampire she would be crazed that's for sure ethics is this gonna be the end of Jacob and Bella I don't know I don't know I it seems like it is but going off of everything else in this book it's probably not um it was kind of like a nice little cap I think at the end of the book like there really isn't that much left now and I can't see there being a huge falling out between Edward and Jacob and Bella and all that so In my mind, I feel like this is probably going to be sort of the end of that major storyline. And it's just opening up the way for Bella's wedding, and I'm just so excited for that.
0: Is that sarcasm?
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) I really go through the whole gamut of emotions while you're talking about how you felt about chapters, because I can't interrupt because it would fuck with the audio, but I want to laugh at everything you
1: say. (laughs) I just I you know these chapters were I think really interesting I just I honestly don't know what's gonna happen next I don't know I mean obviously the Volturi is coming into play but like it it seems like the wedding probably isn't gonna be that far away maybe the wedding is even the end of this book I don't know I feel like Bella's gonna maybe, like, if they follow through and really do turn her, I feel like it's gonna happen soon, so I don't really know, like, I know Breaking Dawn is a huge book, so, like, what's gonna, what's going on? I don't know.
0: I don't know what to tell you.
1: (laughs) I thought you were just gonna say, I don't know. I've never read these books. (laughs) Oh, okay.
0: Let's do it, folks. So chapter twenty-five opens right as Victoria was just beheaded um, by Edward, Gang Gang. And so Edward and Seth start cleaning up the pieces of both Riley and Victoria and lighting them on fire, which as we know from what Edward and the Quilliads have told us is the only way really to destroy a vampire. Before
1: we continue, I just want to I just want to clarify something. So Did this fight happen, like, right where their tent was? Like, basically, Victoria ambushed them at the tent. Yes. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the night before this fight, there was a major blizzard. Or storm, at least. Like, it was super cold. Okay. On page 555, there is a paragraph that reads... He did not look at me, where I stood, frozen to the cliff wall, horrified, while he piled the quivering, twitching limbs and then covered them with the dry pine needles. He still did not meet my shot gaze as he darted into into the forest after Seth. And then a little farther down, he flipped open the butane lighter and held the flame to the dry tinder. Is it dry? I thought it was just snowing the night before. Unfortunately,
0: I did just debunk your claim by going back a bit, so I will read to you. Page 515, bottom. Bella comes out into the tent for the first time after the notorious night. There was less snow than I would have thought after the fury of last night's storm. Probably it had blown away rather than melted in the sun that now shone low in the southeast, glancing off the snow that lingered and stabbing at my unadjusted eyes.
1: Damn it. Every time I try to catch Stephanie up, she beats me. She beats me to it. Not every time. I feel like you've definitely caught her out a couple times. I definitely have made a mockery of myself thinking that I'm, like, making such a good point. Case in point, the Mariner's Marlin situation.
0: <laughs> I was thinking about that, too.
1: <laughs> well, anyways, disregard that. We, I mean, I'll have another point about the fires later. We, I kind of hinted at it in the intro.
0: Okay, well, I was just going to talk about them since we were already talking about them. Yeah, it's wild that they left them going but it's gross to me first of all why are they purple make that make sense second of all bella talks about how they like smell like incense and i'm like you're smelling burning flesh like i don't know how else to tell you this
1: (laughs) it makes it this whole like the first few pages of mirror are so disturbing if you really think about what's happening, we'll get to that in a little bit. I have a whole note about like the next few pages. But like if you think about everything that Bella is describing, this ain't your normal weekend. This is this is trauma.
0: It's so true. And of course she's gonna blow it off because Steffi does not treat trauma as she should.
1: We'll get to that. Don't worry. I got notes on that.
0: Okay. I mean, kind of what you were referencing, um, Edward's, like, refusing to look at her this whole time, and she's, like, very confused. And then finally, when they finish cleaning up, um, he, like, approaches her all slowly and is, like, acting like she should be afraid of him. And I'll just read, I'll just read the line. Um, I'm on page 558. So this is Bella. Seriously, I finally asked? You what? thought you'd scared me off. Then Edward says, Bella, I just, he hesitated and then forced the words out. I just beheaded and dismembered a sentient creature, not 20 yards from you. That doesn't bother you. And I'm like, no, she thought it was sexy. Like, <laughs> why does this continue to surprise you?
1: I, I was so dumbfounded about that specific little paragraph. Cause I was reading that when my roommate and her fiance came in, um, after being out and I was like I there have been a lot of things that have left the woman too stunned to speech to speak but this one really takes the cake because you know the the whole this made me realize like yeah this is traumatic what just happened I you know working at the funeral home I've seen a lot of things that I never thought that I would see and you have to, like, really mentally prepare yourself for some things because, so, like, you're not used to seeing people not looking like people. It is very jarring to see someone, like, really cut up or just having experienced a lot of trauma like that that leaves them, like, physically looking very, very different. So the fact that Bella just witnessed a beheading in front of her and has no reaction... It, I'm stunned. I'm literally stunned. Anyways. Not anyways.
0: I... I just feel like I'm almost desensitized to it because I've read it so many times and it's like, I'm just not... Nothing shocks me with Bella anymore.
1: I guess she's had to go through so many just absolutely shocking, unbelievable things in, like, a year and a half, I guess, to a year, that at this point it's like, why the fuck not? Just add it to the top of the pile. I'll get, th- I'll get to it at some point.
0: Except she won't, but yes.
1: <laughs> she definitely will not.
0: I do got to say, though, favorite character, not surprisingly, in this whole scene. So they talk about Bella's whole stunt with the rock, and Edward yells at her for doing it. And... To be fair, how was Bella supposed to know that Seth was faking that he was hurt so that he could, like, get an advantage?
1: Yeah, I thought that that was really unfair. Uh, like, the... I mean, I know that Edward is probably just stressed out and all of the adrenaline is coming out now. But that is a really unfair thing to just throw at her. Like, how is she supposed to know? She's not supernatural. She's just a person.
0: For real. Um, but the part that I was going to point out is... Seth was only feigning that he was hurt, Bella. It was a trick. And then you... He shook his head, unable to finish. Seth couldn't see what you were doing, so I had to step in. Seth's a bit disgruntled that he can't claim a single-handed defeat now. Seth was faking. Edward nodded sternly. Oh. We both looked at Seth, who was studiously ignoring us, watching the flames. Smugness radiated from every hair in his fur. I'm like, why is he still here? (laughs) He's, like, just sitting. Jay chilling.
1: I that's a really good question. I mean he could go help at the other fight at any point, but you know, he's feeling he's feeling his smugness.
0: Well it is that other fight's over.
1: Yeah, I guess he's got nowhere to be then.
0: What well, about home? Why is he sitting here listening to Edward and Bella
1: talk? <laughs> now you got me there. That is valid. Okay. So da-da.
0: Oh, I didn't want to say on page 560, the fact that I literally forgot about this, like last week, when Edward was talking about another complication and all that stuff, and I was like, I don't know what that is. I literally just forgot about this. I mean, I remember that it happened, but I guess I just didn't put the pieces together because I got dumb juice, dumb bitch juice in my veins.
1: If it's any consolation, I didn't put that together until you just brought it up.
0: We're both dumb bitches.
1: You know, I we we're trying our best.
0: You know what? We're dumb bitches who have seventy-four episodes of a podcast. So, suck our dicks.
1: I have diabetes as well.
0: I I don't know. I have nothing.
1: That was actually a really good response. I have nothing is both a response and also a response.
0: (laughs) So basically we find out soon. Well, actually that's not even true. Bella knows that there's something going on, but Edward won't get around to the fucking truth. And then all of a sudden him and Seth are acting like they're in terrible pain. Bella's screaming, which is kind of the only valid response I feel like. But she realizes that it's something that's happening in the clearing with the others. I just don't like the whole order of this. So Edward sends Seth away, and then he just starts running with Bella. I'm like, could we give her, like, two seconds to tell her what she's running towards, and also what just happened?
1: I mean, I I agree with you. And I just, in my head, I was like, oh, Edward could have just said, like, Jacob's hurt, we gotta go. That would have been a solution, but knowing Bella, if he had just said that with absolutely no other information and they just started running towards Jacob, she would be passed out by the time they got there. She would be so sick with worry and anguish and guilt that by the time they got there, she would not be a conscious conscious being.
0: Well, she still isn't, to be fair.
1: (laughs) That's another good point.
0: Okay, so he does kinda delay her finding that out because he tells her that the Volturi are coming. Um, Let me see where he talks about that. The Volturi decided it was time to intercede. Don't panic, they aren't coming for us. It's just the normal contingent of the guard that usually cleans up this kind of mess. Nothing momentous, they're merely doing their job. Of course, they seem to have timed their arrival very carefully which leads me to believe that no one in Italy would mourn if these newborns had reduced the size of the Cullen family. I'll know for sure what they were thinking when they get to the clearing. So before we see them,
1: what are your thoughts? I'm not necessarily surprised. It does seem up their alley to be very calculated like this. I mean, we haven't really, really seen them super in action, But if I had to guess if they were calculating or not, I would 100% guess that they were calculating. I mean, either Carlisle or Edward has revealed that Arrow specifically chooses the members of the family for gifts because they're trying to make themselves strong and basically invincible. So it would make sense that they would do something calculating like this. And with Victoria dead, who's going to be the the villain now? Who's Who are we going to be stressed out about now? So I'm not super surprised that they showed up. I I guess I was expecting more of the actual, like, royalty. But I'm not surprised that they didn't show up. I guess I have a memory or, like, I can see arrow in the clearing saying Bella's name but I have no context for it so I think my brain just like placed that into the clearing where they were fighting it was like oh well arrow's gonna be there from that one little clip you know but it wasn't
0: that yeah it didn't happen so well <sighs> Anyway. Okay, so Bella's like, well, is the pack going to be there? And Edward says, they had to leave quickly. The Volturi do not honor truces with werewolves. Then Bella's like, so what were you all screaming about before? (laughs) And that's when Edward tells her that Jacob is hurt. He doesn't even, like, you know your girlfriend at this point. Just be like, Jacob was hurt, but he's going to be fine. Say it all really fast. So she can't have this moment where she passes out. And then only will get up when Edward tells her he will be fine.
1: Yeah, he... He knows her better than anyone else. Uh, Even I could have told you this was going to happen before it even happened. And I don't even know her personally.
0: (laughs) You do. You've been living inside her head for 9,000 pages.
1: Are you Jedward? Are you Jedward? (laughs) Are you jealous, Edward Cullen?
0: I bet he is, honestly.
1: hmm
0: <sighs> Okay, so Bella passes out as I said. Then the whole Cullen clan is there <laughs> trying to get her up. Um, you know,
1: Alice is like, Oh, she'll open her eyes in thirty seven seconds, blah da. Uh so on that page, when she's like first waking up, uh, at kind of towards the top ish middle of page five six five sixty six, Carlisle, it's been five minutes. Edward's voice, anxious. She'll come around when she's ready, Edward. Carlisle's voice, always calm and sure. I'm pretty sure, like, if you're unconscious for more than three minutes, it's really bad for you. I think, like, I'm pretty sure, like, five minutes you should not be unconscious for.
0: That's good to know and doesn't surprise me. I mean, I can't really clown it because I didn't know, but you know Steph's not one to do her research.
1: I'm just dead that Carlisle's like, she'll get up when she's ready. I'm like, sir, you've had 400 years of medical experience.
0: <laughs> this is me about Jacob when I've been up for an hour after I had a slumby with you, and we're just eating breakfast, and you ask where Jacob is, and I'm like, she'll come around when she's ready, Edward.
1: You know, I didn't know he was not a morning person. You do now. That's I am sure.
0: Okay. So then Edward and Carlisle reassure Bella that Jacob's gonna be okay. You know, Carlisle says, I examined him myself. I'm gonna go help him as soon as we're done here. He does make a joke about veterinarian school, which is like maybe a little off-color for the moment.
1: I it was like it was a joke at the expense of them. But of all of the Collins saying negative things about werewolves, I feel like it's the most witty. Yeah, and it's not, like, super derogatory, which is good. Yeah, I, I think it's just fun wordplay.
0: Yeah. Um. So shortly thereafter, Bella looks around in the clearing, and that's when she sees the stranger that Pedro was referring to earlier, who we later find out is named Bree. Um, she's having a rough go. She's screaming about how she wants Bella's blood. She's digging her nails into the dirt. That's how you know a girls sound bad, because, oh my god, I hate when dirt gets under my nails.
1: Mm-mm, and I will not be screaming in front of strangers, unless, like, un- unless there's an absolute emergency. This, I, I'm sorry, but you barely know these people. You should not be acting a fool.
0: <laughs> I agree. It's so weird to think about how, like if the Voltoria had had mercy, like would she have joined their group? would she have gone off on her own? It's kinda of crazy
1: i I wasn't sure where this exactly was gonna head when we got to this point um so I didn't really have any prediction that she was not going to end up alive by the end of it. I guess um, and i what I predicted initially was that she was going to try it and not be able to like join the family so they would like by breaking dawn she would be gone that was what i thought was going to happen
0: yeah Thought look it would have been cool yeah yeah well it's not what happened <laughs> cuz <'Cause laughs> enroll the volturi and jane is just such a badass like i just I just love her. Let me go through the part that I was looking at. Okay, yeah, that's a little bit farther ahead, so I'll wait till we get to it. But so Jane is very good at playing her part. Um, she acts very surprised throughout the whole thing. But she is at first she questions why Bury is there. And Carlisle explains then, you know, like we gave her the option of surrender and jane's like well yeah we don't do that though and then she asks questions about this whole newborn group um how many there were who created them um and like what their deal was and she verifies the story by like torturing brie into corroborating it this is what i was going to talk about it's it's kind of fucked up but i'm just going to read this Finally, it was quiet. Your name, Jane said again, her voice inflectionless. Bree, the girl gasped. Jane smiled, and the girl shrieked again. I held my breath until the sound of her agony stopped. She'll tell you anything you want to know, Edward said through his teeth. You don't have to do that. Jane looked up, sudden humor in her usually dead eyes. Oh, I know, she said to Edward, grinning at him before she turned back to the young vampire. I'm like, fuck, (laughs) that's bad, but it's like kind of badass.
1: Jane, Jane, how do I want to phrase this politically? Jane could make a lot of money in this day and age. She could be just the (laughs) best. She could be just the best dominatrix on this side of the Mississippi. She could really do it.
0: She could. I feel like she's got to rein it in. Like. Maybe have, like, a level two speed instead of, like, what seems like is her only speed, which is max. But, yeah.
1: If you pay extra, she'll go max.
0: Yeah, that's a good business model. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Okay, so then we get a few insights on how Victoria pulled this off through Bree. Um, Jane asks, is the story true? Were there 20 of you? Nineteen or twenty, maybe more, I don't know. Sarah and the one whose name I don't know got into a fight on the way. And then Jane again. And this Victoria, did she create you? I don't know, she said flinching again. Riley never said her name. It was so dark and it hurt. He didn't want us to be able to think of her. He said that our thoughts weren't safe. Then Jane said, tell me about Riley. Why did he bring you here? Riley told us that we had to destroy the strange yellow eyes here. Bree babbled quickly and willingly. He said it would be easy. He said that the city was theirs and they were coming to get us. He said once they were gone, all the blood would be ours. He gave us her scent. We lifted one hand and stabbed a finger in my direction. He said we would know that we had the right coven because she would be with them. He said whoever got to her first could have her. There's this moment. Okay, so we need to discuss what I call the Boltory question. I want to find this moment that they mention. Okay, yeah, so back on page 573, when Jane asks how many were in the army, Kylo says, 18, including this one. Jane's eyes widened, and she looked at the fire again, seeming to reassess the size of it. Felix and the other shadow exchanged a longer glance. I point that out because, to me, that implies a little bit of, like, surprise. And the movie does something very interesting with Volturi. That's never confirmed nor denied in canon. I don't know if Stephanie's commented on it. I guess we could look it up. But essentially, it involves them from the start. So there's a scene earlier on where... Jane and I believe it's Felix show up in Seattle and are watching Riley and the newborns interact. And they basically discuss it with each other and they're like, let's leave them be because maybe they'll kill the Cullens. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that idea. Like, is that possible? What do you think is the validity behind
1: it? I think it's possible i I it wouldn't surprise me if it went either way um I get the feeling, and maybe this was mentioned before, and it's why I have the feeling, but I get sort of this vibe from Arrow that he is very jealous of Carlisle or envious of his family, or i I don't know what the what the word I'm trying to think of is like belittled but in a more personal way. Like, like the fact that his family is strong and has all these special powers and they're weaker because they're vegetarians, but somehow they're still very strong. I get this feeling from Arrow that he's just maybe a little self-conscious that Carlisle exists and that whole coven is a thing. So I could 100% see him either sending Jane and the rest of them to just kind of do a follow-up on the Bella situation and when all of this was happening they just kind of stumbled upon this and were like um well let's let's just let it happen and see what happens you know if they kill the Collins that's one less thing we have to worry about I could also see them hearing about this newborn situation and going to investigate and you know, while we're here, I guess let's talk to the Cullens too. And then coming into the clearing and finding all the information out, like the book says, I could honestly see it going either way because I think both of those storylines fit. Um, I kind of like the book side more because it. This whole time, you've we they've been describing the Volturi as. This, Huge, eminent, all-powerful force, and seeing the way that Jane responds in the book on this particular page, it kind of just like cracks that armor a little bit. It kind of shows that maybe the Collins do have the upper hand in this situation, regardless of how strong the Volturi seem. Because, I mean, to me, this seems like a genuine reaction from Jane. I don't think that she's feigning surprise and shock. I think. I feel like she's genuinely surprised that there were that many and they're all dead.
0: Yeah. I'm kind of stuck in the middle because I agree with that too, but I also cannot help, but think about how long it took them to show up because in reality, they could get to America, how fast they run across, they run to the ocean and they swim to America. It's like super fast. Or even if they took a plane like one day, (laughs) you know? So they let, what was going on in Seattle be in the news for a while. And that felt a little bit deliberate to me. I don't know if they went so far as to like actually visit like they do in the movie. Like that I think was more for dramatic effect, but I do kind of think that they were like,
1: let's just wait it out. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that they would have dealt with it at some point. But, you know, if it's going to kill two birds with one stone, having like, you know, like they know that they can they can dismantle this army very quickly so they can stop it when they feel like they need to. So, if you know, if the Cullens get wiped out in the process before they have a chance to get over, well, shoot, like that would just be a shame. Like I I could see them waiting it out just to see what happens, you know.
0: Yeah, me too. And that's kind of what is implied, too, by Edward, because he's kind of like talking smack with Jane. And because she says, well, it appears that there's not much left for us to do. Odd. We're not used to being rendered unnecessary. It's too bad we missed the fight. It sounds like it would have been entertaining to watch. And then it says. Yes, Edward answered her quickly, his voice sharp. And you were so close. It's a shame you didn't arrive just a half hour earlier. Perhaps then you could have fulfilled your purpose here. Jane met Edward's glare with unwavering eyes. Yes, quite a pity how things turned out, isn't it? Edward nodded once to himself, his
1: his suspicions confirmed. Yeah, I definitely, the you know, Jane is, has been very careful with what she's saying and how she's saying it through this pretty much the entire chapter and then to the chapter's conclusion. I did feel like there was a lot of... The tone that she was using seemed very telling, you know, like the way that I read this in my head seemed like Edward's suspicions were confirmed. It it, it did seem like that.
0: Yeah, there's definitely like a, t- a note of sarcasm, I feel like, in what she was saying. Absolutely. So then Jane instructs Felix to destroy Brie. And Edward tries to make a case for her, tries to say, like, we'll teach her, we'll be responsible for her, Carlisle agrees. And Jane shuts that shit right down with a little side of threatening. She says, we don't make exceptions, and we don't give second chances. It's bad for our reputation. Which reminds me, Case will be so interested to hear that you're still human, Bella. Perhaps he'll decide to visit. Then Alice jumps in and says, the date is set. Perhaps we'll come to visit you in a few months. So, yeah. Unfortunately, the conclusion of this chapter is Felix destroying Brie, and Bella can unfortunately hear the whole thing happen.
1: Again, trauma.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: (laughs) I guess, you know, once you hear the sound of one vampire dying in a horrific way why you can hear anything
0: yeah i mean she heard jane's being destroyed way back in twilight so she's fine
1: the amount of head injuries she sustained i she probably does have some memory loss so she, she'll be okay she'll be fine that's
0: fucked up bro
1: <laughs> i have a question for you in the conclusion of this chapter so the next book slash novella that we're gonna read is the one about I'm assuming about Bree since her name is in the title of it when was that written like like in years when did this book come out and then when did that book come out
0: as far as I know she wrote it alongside re- writing Eclipse as like almost a character exercise for herself so let me check on release dates. This is ASMR of me typing. Okay, so Eclipse came out August 7th, 2007.
1: A week before my birthday.
0: Wild. Well, how old would you have been, Twelve.
1: Two 2007. Uh, 11.
0: Okay, and then Retainer didn't come out until June fifth, two thousand ten, which was after Breaking Dawn, I think. Let me I'm pretty sure Breaking Dawn came out in two thousand eight. So she must have just released this as like, Hey, I wrote this back in the day.
1: So she did write it concurrent, like you said. Like it was it was kind of written at the same time, it just got published at a different time.
0: As far as I understand it, yes. Let me look at the Wikipedia.
1: I only asked cuz I was genuine I was genuinely curious about her motivations for writing it but I like that it was a character exercise. I I thought that maybe it was just something that was written to like force more content out but like if she wanted to write it I love that.
0: Yeah, okay, so here is the background on it. It's short. According to Stephanie Meyer, she began writing the story while she was editing Eclipse. Later, she planned on including it in the official guide. The resulting story became too long to be included in the guide, and so it became a standalone book. And then she also let the director, the screenwriter, and a few of the actors read the draft while they were making the Eclipse movie. Nice. Yeah, you know. It's Mike's super short show.
1: Man, what a iconic throwback.
0: I think that like twelve times a day and I never say it, so it's kind of relieving to say it this time. Alright.
1: Okay. You have anything else from that chapter? Um let me look. Nope. I'm I I have a huge note that says, also this is terrifying for a regular teen to witness in all capital letters. But we talked about yep.
0: that. Yep. Bella's not a regular teen, okay? She's not like the other girls. She's quirky. (laughs) I think chapter 26 should be called Poor Charlie, because this man, once again, is going through it.
1: He, like, he he gets the whole plot of what's going on while completely missing the whole plot of what's going on. Like, he picked up on everything just incorrectly
0: yeah but how's he supposed to know that mythical creatures exist
1: that's what i'm saying like it would be outlandish to think that that would be what's going on but he picks up on literally everything bizarre that could possibly have happened he noticed it at least
0: we should run through all the things for some reason the first few pages are of this chapter are bella and alice interacting and i'm like this is like I don't know, this just felt like a waste of pages to me. Like, why is Alice giving her a makeover? I don't really care. Alice is, like, giving her a speech about how she has to, like, being a Cullen is doing your part and then doing what you want later, blah, blah, blah.
1: I don't know, I just don't really care. (laughs) Being a Cullen is about running free in the woods and drinking deer blood.
0: And just setting fires and not putting them out.
1: And buying cars that you shouldn't with dirty money. True.
0: Okay, so Bella is obviously very upset. Um, She's just very down in the dumps this whole conversation. There is a real quick part of their conversation that I do want to point out where Bella asks, like, why does your power work on me? And then Edward's and Arrows and Jane's don't. Paige, do us a favor. Could you read us the paragraph on page 584? Or just read the dialogue. You see what I'm talking about?
1: "'Jasper, too, Bella. His talent works on your body just as well as it does on anyone else's. That's the difference. Do you see it? Jasper's abilities affect the body physically. He really does calm your system down or excite it. It's not an illusion, and I see visions of outcomes, not the reasons and thoughts behind the decisions that create them. It's outside the mind, not an illusion, either. Reality, or at least one version of it. But Jane and Edward and Arrow and Dimitri, they work inside the mind.' Jane only creates an illusion of pain. She doesn't really hurt your body. You only think you feel it. You see, Bella, you're safe inside your mind. No one can reach you there. It's no wonder that Arrow was so curious about your future abilities.
0: Are you thinking what I'm thinking? At least I'm safe inside my mind.
1: What it follows up with another person saying the same thing right
0: yeah it's spongebob and it's the episode where um patrick is copying everything he does
1: yep that's it you're right <laughs>
0: that's the only thought i had about this <laughs> i mean we kind of had already talked about this i feel like because i feel like you asked about it early on
1: i i think so too and i think that i had kind of i was thinking along the same lines but i just hadn't gotten there like I think what I had predicted was that positive things were fine but negative things weren't I don't know I don't I don't know if that makes sense
0: that's right yeah you did think that which I thought was interesting not entirely right but not entirely wrong either
1: yeah and I mean what what she says makes sense you know it has been talked about basically through this whole series that Bella is just so introverted and so in her head all the time that I could see that becoming, you know, amplified with with vampirism.
0: What would that look like? Amplified with vampirism. Do you think?
1: You know, I was thinking about that and I was like, what if like, she can be a shield? Like, like what if when she's touching someone, the effects go to them as well. Like, she's, like, a physical shield for things like that.
0: Hmm. That's interesting. You can tell you watch a lot of Pokemon, because that sounds like some Pokemon shit.
1: Oh, yeah. Defense Curl, baby. Iron Shields. I know those things.
0: I don't know those things, but it sounds Pokemon-y.
1: See, you can compare this to Pokemon by... Defense and special defense. Defense is a stat that correlates with attacks that are physical attacks. So a thunder punch, for example, would affect your defense or your defense stat would be taken into consideration when tallying your hit point total after receiving a physical attack. You have special defense, which are attacks that don't physically touch you. So like a like a I'm trying to think of one. Like confusion. Confusion is a, a move that psychic type po- psychic type pokemon use where they use brain waves basically and hit you with like brain waves. And that's like not them physically touching you with their body, that's just like something that's been created outside. So that would be your hit point total if you were hit with that, would be affected by your special defense point total. So Bella's special defense is not affected, whereas her defense is affected. Okay. It doesn't actually apply at all the more I talk about it.
0: <laughs> it sounded legit to me. You could have just stuck with it. I would never have known.
1: You know, that's today that will be your lesson in Pokémon everyone. We'll make this a we'll make this a a um, recurring thing. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> no thank you. <laughs> uh, no disrespect, but
1: I've had my fill.
0: (laughs) My cup is full.
1: I I just
0: can't. (laughs) Okay. Finally, Bella heads out. She has to go pretend to come home from her shopping trip to Charlie's house. And that's when we get the whole rundown of what Charlie has witnessed today. (laughs) So let me just do a quick little brief timeline for you. First of all, he says Jacob was yelling like so loud that everyone in La Push could have heard him using colorful language. <laughs> in between insulting somebody's mother and, and taking the Lord's name in vain, he said, Bet you're glad she loves Colin instead of me today, huh, Charlie? <laughs> oh, that that
1: part in particular. I was like, when did Charlie start having an issue with taking the Lord's name in vain? I'm like, that just seems out of character for him.
0: Yeah, it's like, has he ever been to church?
1: (laughs) And also, of the things that someone could say that would cause you to, I can't, I'm going to make a note of that, that he said that taking the Lord's name in vain? Really?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of weird. But maybe fishing is his church. I mean, that's totally a thing, and I respect it if it is. So no shade, just kind of random.
1: Before that even happens, on 587, he talks about that. Billy knew something weird. Billy was acting weird. He knew something bad was going to happen when we started. And then we're out in the fishing boat and the wolves start howling. And Billy just turns around and heads right back to where they're howling from as if he's called by them. It's so bizarre. I was getting to that, bud. I was on the page before that. But,
0: yeah. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. Um... Real quick, I did want to mention, they told Charlie that he got into a motorcycle accident, which I do feel kind of bad, because if Charlie hadn't been there, they could have just, they, there was never a need for a facade. They could have just dealt with this insane situation. But because he was there, they had to be like, oh, yeah, there was an accident with a motorcycle. <laughs> I feel
1: kind of bad. At least they thought of something. I mean, like, that could have, like if you showed up with someone severely injured and you, the police chief is there and you're like, um, so what had happened was, um, that like, he he would immediately be suspicious. It's a good thing that they thought of something that made sense, you know?
0: Yeah. Good, quick thinking for sure. Um, as Paige mentioned, (laughs) Billy had been acting weird all day. Then he went back when he heard the howling but all of a sudden, Billy was in the biggest hurry not to miss the game, though we had hours still. He was mumbling some nonsense about an earlier showing of a live game. I tell you, Bella, it was odd. LMFAO. Then the howling started again right outside the house. I'd never heard anything like it. I had goosebumps on my arms. I asked Billy had to shout over the noise if he'd been setting traps in the yard. It sounded like the animal was in serious pain. I forgot about all that till just this minute because that's when Jake made it home. One minute it was that wolf yelling and then you couldn't hear it anymore. Jake's cussing drowned it right out. Got a set of lungs on him, that boy does. (laughs) Then he even comments on Edward and how upset he seems that Jacob is hurt, which is actually kind of nice of Edward.
1: Yeah, Edward had no reason to be putting up a facade. You know, this, this is a genuine act of concern. Yeah.
0: Sad. I did think he Charlie was getting a little too perceptive on page five ninety, where he's like, "I don't know, this whole thing just has me in a weird superstitious mood." Um, will you tell me before you run away with Edward? And I'm like, "Bro." I
1: I am wondering how Bella did not shit in her entire pants when he said this. Like it was too on the nose. I would probably pee a little bit if, like, I was planning something crazy like this. And then my mom or dad said something right on the money.
0: Shit in her entire pants has me dead. (laughs) Uh, You know what else has me dead? I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but there's not much that I'm skipping. That's important. Bella gets to Jacob's house, and she goes in to see him. And... One of the first things he does is call Carlisle Dr. Fang, and then they just move on as if he didn't do it. Like, no one comments on it. It was so funny to me.
1: (laughs) Maybe it was one of those things, because when I read that, I was like, this guy is made of cheese. This is the cheesiest thing I've ever heard. And I like to picture that he said that thinking it was going to sound really cool, but then it sounded really dumb and Bella knew it was really dumb and she's like, "I'm we're just going to move on. We're not even going to address it."
0: <laughs> You're probably right. Why is it I always think the dumb shit's the funniest? I don't know. <laughs> because
1: it is the funniest. You're not wrong.
0: Uh, whole time Jacob is kind of in this mood that I can't even really put, I can't even put a word to it, but you know what I'm saying? He's, like, sardonic. He's not surprised by what, what Belle is there to do. He's, like, a little bit, like, self-sacrificing. He's a little bit, like, sarcastic. I don't know.
1: It's, like, acceptance, but more negative.
0: Yeah. Anybody got a word for that? Let me know.
1: Resignation. Uh, throwing in the towelism. <laughs> Wolf screaming into the dark-ism. Bella, where the hell have you been, Loca-ism?
0: No, I feel like it's Bella, get the hell out of my house, Loca.
1: <laughs> Bella, all the bones in my body are broken, please let me rest. So the remainder
0: of this chapter literally is just this conversation between Jacob and Bella. Um, I mean, obviously, Bella's there to quote-unquote break up with him. To basically be like, yeah, I kissed you and whatever, and I love you, but I'm still getting married to the other guy. Which is rough.
1: It's rough, and I don't know if we want to, to skip to page 594, but like... She brings up that, like, he... What's the line? Um. Basically, she's like, you know, he didn't... At least he didn't, talking about Edward. At least he didn't threaten to kill himself and make me kiss him. And then she has regret that she said it. She let that slip out. Which, girl, I'm like, don't feel regret. That should That should come out. And then Jacob goes... Um, basically, he says he doesn't care that he said that because Bella says, I don't care that you did that. And he doesn't regret it, and I'm just like, this page is very cringy to read.
0: And on that same note, later on, um, Bella asks him if it's, like, better that she, quote-unquote, realized that she was in love with him, better for him. Like, would he rather have she just not have, and he says that, like, he's glad that this is like kind of rough. He's glad that he knows that she knows and like, it makes it more final almost. Cause she knows and she still was like, nah.
1: <laughs> it's tragic, but I think that it's really smart because, you know, he can't have any regrets at this point. You know, he can't, or he can't have any what ifs in his mind or, you know, like I still have a chance kind of thoughts. Like, at least it's all on the table, Bella has made her point, and he can move on knowing that Bella has all the information and has made her choice that way.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. What did you think of the King Solomon metaphor as a raised Catholic? For those of you who are not hip to the metaphor, um, what page is it on? Page 598. Um, It's a story from the Bible. These two women are, like, fighting over a baby. I don't remember the circumstances. Maybe, like, they didn't. I don't remember. But then King Solomon says, like, cut the kid in half to see like which woman loves the baby enough to give it up so that they won't murder it. <laughs> and Edward's or and Jacob says, I'm not going to cut you in half anymore, Bella. I understood what he was saying. He was telling me that he loved me the most. That his surrender proved it. I'll end it there. What did you think about that?
1: I I actually kind of that metaphor actually crossed my mind because the phrasing cutting me in half happened earlier as well and that was actually what i thought of because of being raised catholic um and i think also that taking the lord's name in vain line put me in a, a christian headspace but i mean i think it's pretty pretty spot on sort of metaphor that he's going for i mean bella literally this whole book has been pulled and nearly torn in two going just opposite directions and you know it was kind of like tearing her apart she was just like really stressed out and it was just really bad for her so I'm glad that he's gonna stop cutting her in half well I think that it was not just him I think there was a lot of things in in play but at least at least he can stop his antics
0: or he says he will, anyways.
1: If he doesn't, I swear to God, I, I, I'm sorry, Charlie, but I'm swearing to God, I'm throwing this book in the trash.
0: <laughs> I will not comment either way. I, um, I, yeah, no comment. Also, Jacob uses another metaphor to describe Bella. It's kind of savage, honestly. Um, now I'm on page 599. Key, meaning Edward. He's like a drug for you, Bella. I can see that you can't live without him now. It's too late. But I would have been healthier for you. Not a drug. I would have been the air, the sun. (laughs) Bro. (laughs) That was... I get you're sad, but that was a little bit
1: harsh, I feel like. It's a little... a little too hyperbole for me. Like, even if he's
0: right, which Loki he might be. I'm like, you can't go telling people that their fiance is a drug to them.
1: Yeah, I I did like uh, I think it's around here that Bella sort of insinuates, I mean she doesn't say the words, but she kind of uses the comparison of imprinting in the Quileute and the werewolf side of things to how she feels about Edward like like you said earlier there was no way that she was ever going to be able to tear herself apart from him i think it's i think it's it's good that jacob has that sort of idea in mind that he can he can picture what bella feels like because of that i agree
0: yeah because i feel like it would be a lot harder for him to accept if that concept didn't exist in his reality
1: Right, exactly.
0: Um, Page 600. You know how much I fucking hate when, pe- when characters deliberately bring up the name of the book. And this was the worst one yet. <laughs> the clouds I can handle, but I can't fight with Eclipse. Corn! Nothing but corn!
1: This one was the worst yet, I do have to say
0: you enjoyed it didn't you psychopath
1: I actually I mean I liked that we finally got there I always forget about it before it happens then it happens and I'm like oh right that was gonna happen at some point but I was not impressed with this one I was like it feels a little forced at this point um but it made me think what is breaking dawn gonna be what who went what dawn what's what is it breaking over I don't know I'm I would never have been able to guess that, that when we started Eclipse that it was going to be about this, but actually, I prob- maybe I could have gotten there. I
0: think you did guess that. <laughs> Literally.
1: I, it, I don't know. I have no comments. I have no comments. I was not impressed. I will say that.
0: <laughs> okay, good. Because I was going to have to clown you even more. So then Jacob asks her a few questions about becoming a vampire. You know, like, are is she scared? Like, when is she planning on doing it? He, she tells him after the wedding. I do got to say, we clown Jacob a lot for, you know, being in love with Bella and not ever letting her forget it. But I had, like, a weird, like, moment of empathy in this part of the chapter where I was, like, for a second i pictured myself in his shoes and i'm like all of that romance stuff aside like imagine your best friend is becoming something that you think is like evil that would be so hard to stomach and it's like irreversible
1: yeah it it is it is difficult and on top of it being evil part of who you are is there specifically to eliminate that thing you know like it's in your literal nature to despise that thing so it it, I you know I hadn't really thought about it in that way it is it is a, a huge challenge for him that I at this point in the book you know the last few pages of this chapter were very refreshing to read it was nice to see Bella sort of opening up her emotions and you know confiding in him in a way that she hasn't in the book like she did in new moon really and she can't really talk about any of this stuff that she's feeling with the Cullens because I think that she's trying to keep a brave face in front of them and show them this is what she wants she's like fully confident so the fact that she can express herself and really be honest with the way that she's feeling with someone I I did not only can I commend Jacob for how you know how he's getting through all this, but also just that he's allowing her that space at the end of this book for her to, you know, be honest with those things.
0: Yeah. That's kind of what he's always been for her. And it's nice that even as they're kind of like, their relationship is obviously coming to a turning point right now, like as we speak, but he's still kind of that person for her that she can confide in, which is nice.
1: Right. Yeah. And with the competition between Edward and Jacob through this whole book, I feel like that has clouded the entirety of Jacob and Bella's friendship. There have been a few chapters where she's gone to La Push, and, you know, it's been a little bit like the old times, but I feel like all the past chapters have been clouded by the the pissing contest of Jacob and Edward. This is genuinely just them... You know, being honest, sharing emotions and thoughts, and letting each other say things, and, you know, just being friends, it's nice.
0: Yeah, I definitely missed it. Yeah. I mean, that's a be depressing, but right after that, Bella's like, should I come back to see you? And he says i'll think it through and get back to you but earlier on he had said something like i think we'll have to have a long distance friendship which i don't blame him but that's definitely gonna be tough for bella but also probably like for the best question mark question mark question mark
1: could they not just talk on the phone
0: i mean i guess why would you suggest something so simple
1: I just, when when he said a long-distance friendship, my brain just assumed it was because she'd be stinky, and he wouldn't want to, like, be around her. So, I'm like, why can't they just talk on the phone?
0: That's funny. Yeah. I mean, I really had no response. He kind of dumbfounded me with that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, Last kind of part of this chapter. I didn't like it, but... Bella basically is like, I wonder when you'll meet the girl that you're going to be with. I wonder how jealous I'll be. I'm like, that's not helping the situation. Thank you. And then uh, I'll just read the last little page here. I leaned in and kissed his face softly. Love you, Jacob. He laughed lightly. Love you more. He watched me walk out of his room with an unfathomable expression in his black eyes. The end. Do you have anything else?
1: No, we hit it all, baby. All right. So,
0: as I had mentioned briefly last week, when y'all are hearing this, it's going to be, this is coming out on May 17th. We will not have a new episode out on May 24th. I am aware that we are at the end of Eclipse. I am sorry. I am going out of town to see a friend who I haven't seen in two and a half years. So, I am very, very excited. My heart is full. Um, The timing of it was a little bad for this podcast, but we going to make it. It's going to be fine. It's one week.
1: It's a cliffhanger. You know, it's, I'm I'm steeped with anticipation waiting to see how this ends, you know? So this is letting things simmer and turn into a rolling boil.
0: I was going to make a tea bag joke, but I couldn't think of one.
1: You could make a macaroni and cheese joke.
0: Oh, it's too late now. The moment's passed.
1: <laughs> but for when we return, we have one
0: regular chapter left that's called Needs. And then the epilogue, which is called Choice. What are your predictions for the last little section of this book? I know you said you don't know, but you got to say it now.
1: Okay, this has been on my mind. But do you remember when, I can't remember when, I think it was, I think it was when Bella was thinking about having sex with Edward. I don't know. But there was a point where she was talking about, like, wanting to do everything before she got turned into a vampire or, like, hit milestones or something. And I really think, what if, okay, hear me out. What if the conclusion Of eclipse is them finally boning. This is Edward fulfilling her needs. Like what if he gives in? That would be insane.
0: That would be insane. What's the scene? Set the scene. Where are they?
1: So Charlie is gone. No. What do you would she do it with the Collins? I think she I don't know. I feel like it would want to be private. Oh my God. What if it's at the meadow? What if they go to the meadow? And you know, in a, in a moment of finally we can take a breather, you know, Victoria has been vanquished. The things with the wolves is over. We can finally relax. And they're laying in the meadow. And Edward is like, remember our first day here when I made a tree explode and I ran around and insulted you. And, Bella's like, oh my god, yes. And then they start kissing, and then one thing leads to another, and the forest will be full of a lot of birds and a lot of bees.
0: Sounds scratchy.
1: I didn't say it was gonna be good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'll find out. Um, you got anything else? Any other predictions before I launch into L Socials?
1: What was the what was the second ch- chapter be called?
0: Oh yeah. The epilogue is called Choice.
1: Well maybe maybe needs maybe needs is maybe they don't maybe they don't bone in Needs. I I mean I can one hundred percent see the book ending on a major cliffhanger before leading to the very last book. So maybe choice is like maybe choice is Bella is given the opportunity to get changed early or something like that. And she has to choose if she's gonna wait or if she's gonna do it now. Or like they can get married right now and she has to wait or choose. And then the book is gonna end.
0: Okay. All right, peeps. We've had some fun on social. It's been a little bit quiet, but we've had a few messages uh, continue to hit us up. Um, If anyone saw my random Tumblr post, occasionally I just log into Tumblr to like check a notification and I will see the very... First post, and I will reblog it, and I will immediately exit the app <laughs> and so I did that this week and i and in case you didn't see it, I reblogged this to our, to our Twilight podcast blog. I love jaywalking with strangers they can't kill all of us
1: it has its, its it has its twilight correlations
0: it doesn't need it. I just loved it, so thank you to the person that posted that <laughs> username was. Come away. K-A-M-O-I. Alrighty. So you can find us on Tumblr for all these gripping conversations <laughs> and Instagram at Tuesdays are for twilight. Our Twitter is Taft pod. You can send us longer gripping conversations at Tuesdays are for twilight at gmail.com. Our email carrier. <laughs> And as always, we encourage you to check out the Quillia's efforts to move their cultural land to higher ground. We have that linked in our link tree on um, our Twitter and our Instagram. But if you want to just go directly to their website, it is mthg.org. Alrighty, Paige.
1: A star implodes, sending shimmering rays of star beams down to the earth. You catch a star beam on your tongue. You turn into a star. Shine bright, star, you, star. <laughs> it was, I I was really going there, but then the words unraveled. So I'm going to end it there.
0: OK, I think part of it was I was closing my eyes so that I didn't have to look at you. And then I opened them right, right as you were starting to falter. <laughs>
1: I wanted to say I wanted to say Star Child, and I was like, "Is that a book by Spinelli?" And I was like, "I don't want to copyright anything," so then I didn't. And then I just I couldn't think of anything else. Who's Spinelli? Uh, he's an author. I, it might be a woman. I actually don't know the gender. I just know the last name is Spinelli. Um, but it's like a like quirky books, like quirky young adult books. It's like Star Star Girl. That's what it is, Stargirl. Milkweed? That's a book, I think, that they wrote.
0: This has gone off the rails. I'm going to sign off. We'll see y'all in a couple weeks. Bye! Bye!
1: Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, danimal6 underscore on Instagram.